unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Thank you so much. We will invite Jalisa to come up, and uh, for all of us, we are all welcome to join, to sing just the first song of I would rather have Jesus than anything. Call to serve. When what you're bringing to the table is little yet enough. So call to serve when your little is enough. Like I was saying earlier, two years ago, the Lord have called each of us. You can come on up. Yeah. The Lord have called each of us to start serving here at Bax. And we came from different places. If you can see, we look different from each other. We had different stories to tell. Some of us had nothing to give at the time. I can talk for myself. I had nothing to give. But yet, you'll find out very soon if I said yes or if I said no to what the Lord was asking me to do. The little we brought to the table, is it enough? Did God ask so much from us? Or did he just say, just show up? That's all I'm asking you to do, just show up. Broken or not, just show up. And when we show up, what is the result of that? You see, this world, thousands and thousands of years ago, had been graced by the presence of a great man. And when he came on this earth, the blind, the sick, the dead, they all got healing. The brokenhearted were comforted. And part of the million testimonies, part, part of the million stories that we heard on today is one story as well, which is Jesus fed the thousands. Jesus fed 10,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fishes. Was that that much for those people? Let's think about it. Can we have five loaves of bread for ten people in this church right now? But the word of God let us know that five thousand people, and that was just men by count. No women. If you look around in this church right now, and we have to count, women are more than men. And then we count kids. But the word of God let us know that this man of Galilee, that have done many, 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 Miracles did that as well. They had nothing to offer to the crowd. And when they told the master, this story is in Matthew. When they told master, we have nothing to give to these people. All we have is five loaves of bread and two fishes. But look at them. They are a lot. How do we feed them? And he said, just bring it. Raise it up to the father. Bless it brought it down, and they were all fed. Call to serve when your little is enough. No matter how much you bring to the table, the Lord is able to bless it, and it will be enough to serve this world. So please, listen, tag along, and see how much 
we brought to the table when the Lord said, it's time for you to go. And we came, how much did we brought to this table? And when we came, what did the Lord do with the little we brought to the table? Our five fish, our, our five loaves of bread and our two fishes, what did it become today, two years ago? So I will start with Donovan. I love calling him Stevie. <laughs> um, my tongue doesn't turn around well on Donovan, so I call him Stevie. Uh, so Stevie, two years ago, it was a blessing to have you join us and together, hand in hand, we are here today. What have been your journey in these two years? Can you share it with the church? For sure. Hey, everyone. Hey. Uh, so two years ago, um, Esther was moved to, by the Holy Spirit for the young people to come together and to be there for one another. You know, the challenge for me was I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I kind of just wanted to, like, be to myself. And, you know, you come to church. When you come to church, you do the church stuff, you go home. You know, business as usual. And she wanted us to come together at the church. And I was like, I could be home right now. You know, but I'm here. And if I'm being honest, even though I my heart wasn't in it, I was really blessed every time we came together and we did something. Um, and I, I saw God softening my heart towards my brothers and sisters and towards his work. So then Esther would be like, we should go, you know, feed the homeless. And I was just like, you know, somebody should do that. Those people who do that, they're great because that's what we're supposed to be doing. So I'm so proud of you guys. And so she's like, Donovan, what are you going to bring? What are you going to do? I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, and once again, I was so blessed when we actually went out. Uh, there were times Nick and I was talking. We'd be on the way there. We're like, bro, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I want to go home. And we were like, let's stop by the store at the same time. <laughs> but, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, you know, we got there, and I felt like my life was being changed as I was talking to people and, and getting to know their names and hear their stories. Um, so I would say one of the most beautiful things that came out of this is, you know, God took my heart. That was, you know, I was doing it because I didn't want to look like a bad person for being like, no, I'm not doing that. So I stayed, and God took that. And I was able to develop a friendship and companionship as we spent time together and our hearts were knit more and more together in love. And slowly over time, as God has been working in my life, I've been able to enjoy doing things together. So now I'm excited. You know, we did today, we had the meetings to prepare for today and I was having fun, I was having a good time. And you know, two years ago, I'd have been like, oh Lord, you know, take me down. Like, but now I enjoy this and I look forward to all the things that we'll do in the future. Amen, amen, amen. Um, now we will go to Kayla. Kayla, um, this world today, the last time I checked, people are not welcoming the spirit of prophecy right, right off the back. When you meet them on the street, yo, I have something to tell you, the three angel messages. And they'll be like, what? For someone who is hurting, crying, the person wants you to say, oh, are you okay? What is going on? Jesus met people where they were before he gave them the gospel. And the heart was already ready to receive it. So, Kayla, two years ago, where were you in your own journey? And what was your season? And how have this ministry have been a blessing to you? Did it help at all? Happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. 
Uh, two years ago, um, Esther and I, when we first met, we talked a lot about this right here. Uh, we talked a lot about young adult ministry and how awesome it would be to get everybody together, even though there was not a lot of us here. We're like, you know, they'll come and we can get it together. Um, and then it finally came where we were able to get everyone together and have our meetings. And I remember uh, as soon as that started happening, I was so excited to like do this. And we talked about going to feed the homeless and all these different things. And then my personal life kind of went down the drain. Um, my life got really hard as soon as, as soon as the young adult ministry started. Um, my living situation at home got really, really difficult. Um, my relationship with my family got really, really hard. Um, I was also needing to find a job because the job that I had wouldn't support me living on my own. Um, I didn't have enough money to do all the things that I needed to do as an adult, pay bills and car notes and insurance and life is expensive, y'all. <laughs> Life is really expensive. Um, and it got really, really hard. And it made it really hard to just function as a person. Uh, my brain hurt so much. And my life was so hard. And I was also, I was in a relationship at the time that was kind of adding to the stress of everything. Because I just wanted to do everything right. I just wanted everything to go right. And it wasn't going right. Um, and there were so many times throughout the day where I just out loud took a giant sigh and said, my brain hurts and my body hurts because I'm tired. I can't take it anymore. And I just wanted all the hard stuff to go away and I wanted all the hard stuff to just stop. Um, but with that came the young adult ministry and planning to go feed the homeless and taking focus away from myself and taking focus away from what I was going through and going to help someone else and also focusing on all of us here and seeing what everyone else was going through, how it was hard, it was hard to go to the meetings and it was hard to wanna to be here and it was hard to focus on these things and plan and put things together. And throughout the two years of young adult ministry, I've seen how God has really been working in my life and just placing things. And life hasn't gotten easier. <laughs> it only gets harder. Um, but God keeps placing things in my life to do work for him. Uh, working as a secretary part-time um, and me helping out in all the ministries that I'm helping out in. And I'm able to do it gladly and happily despite all the stuff that I'm going through because I see God placing things in my life that is taking focus away from me and focus away from what I'm going through and focus on him and me being able to look at him and being like, I see, I see you working in my life and I see what you're doing. And money will come and bills will get paid and rent will get paid and if my car randomly gets hit on whatever, a car will also come and all, I'll, I'll be able to take it to all the places that I need to get to and help out all the individuals that I need to help out and help out in all the ministries that I'm wanting to help out in. Um, and the young adult ministry really, really helped out with that and really kind of gave me that like open door to like go and do all those things and take focus away from myself and focus on God and just do his work and just, just keep pursuing what God keeps placing in my life. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Kayla. Um, 
ministry, they said, when you do it because no one else is doing it, then it's just a job. But when you do it, it is hard, but you go through it anyway because God asks you to and you have the joy of doing it, then it is a calling. Christabel, how have been your journey here at Bags, and what have the Lord done in your life? You can please share with us. Beloved, God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is great. It's true, God is good. Um, it's true, um, two years ago down the line, I had now just started Bags Church. I remember the first time I came with my uncle. Right after church, we drove off, and I came the second time. The same thing. Third time, and Esther got me right on the door, and it's like, hi. I was like, oh, wow, hi. So he's like, oh, okay, what's your name? I said, oh, I'm Christabel. Okay, are you an African? I was like, oh, yes. Like, okay, there's a young adult we just started, and we'll be having our first night. I was like, oh, this girl. <laughs> that's what I said in my head. I was like, okay, I'll come. So I told my uncle, and he's like, okay, you love doing certain things, so why don't you involve yourself in it? So their first night at the fellowship hall, I came, and I said in my head, I don't have a car. Why would I be picking Uber all the time? Like, what at all am I going to get out of this? So the first time, like, she called me. She keep calling me. Like, Christopher, are you on the way? Are you on the way? I was like, yes, I'm coming. But I wasn't coming. I was actually home. So I was like, okay, girl, try to order the Uber. Because when I checked the Uber, it's $30. Round trip is going to be 60 And I have to do this. I was like, okay. So I came. And the night was so good. I even brought a friend. And the second night, too, I came. I was like, okay, God is good. So we started. We started. And it's like, okay. So it's now time to go and feed the homeless. It's sometimes very cold. Then Kayla will call Christopher. It's too cold. You think we should go? I was like, okay, let's try and go. She'll be calling us. Kayla will be like, okay, Christopher, let's go and help her. Our heart was not really, but it got to a time. I was like, God, if I take care of the needy, you are going to take care of me. Let me put aside mind and focus. So, um, like two, three months, I was like, let me get fully devoted. So I go fully devoted into this young adults program. Anytime there's a program, I don't have a car, but I still said, oh no, let me pick the Uber, I'll come. Like that's what I was doing, going to feed the homeless. I remember one time we went with Pastor, it was really cold. And Pastor Joshua said, wow, it's cold. And I said, yeah, Pastor, this is what has been happening to us. <laughs> Yes, so when going there, feeding the homeless, seeing them, talking to them, telling you their story, you could see that God has really done a lot in my life comparing to those people out there. So down the line, um, the young adult has really helped me personally. When I started it, my health issues started like I couldn't walk. I was okay, but I couldn't just walk. I was like, God, I have a mission for you. Please heal me. The doctor said, oh, you can't walk again. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, it's fine. The doctor said, okay. Told my dad, you have to take her to the rehab. My dad said, no, I'm taking her home. She can walk. I said, okay, yeah. 
I can work. Let me use my worker, my crutches, I'll be fine. So it was really challenging when you are doing something for God. It wasn't easy. Health issue wasn't easy at all. But above all, um, God has really helped me through this two years journey. Sometimes I'll come and Esther will be like, Christabel, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. But she could see I'm not fine. But I said, I'm okay. Can you go with us? I said, yes, I'll go. But these two years, the journey has really, really been tough. But above all, it's been much blessing. It has really been much blessed. It has given me the opportunity to do what I love to do most, to sing, to have a program here, pray. Like, it has really been very, very, to meet lovely people to hear. It has made me to have good relationship with all the young adults. You could call them when you have a problem. You could tell them when you want to do something, and they are always ready to help. And also to the church fellowship, it has given me the opportunity to meet a lot of people from Miss Gloria to say, oh, Christopher, I'd love you to join the greeting ministry through the young adult. It has really blessed me. Thank God and thank to the church as well. Amen. 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 Um, the thing about us young adults and young people is being real. So uh, part of our decision to come up here is to make it real. We want, we want it to be relatable. So many times we sit in the pews. Right now we are sitting up here, but we do sit in the pews too. But when we sit in the pews and someone talk about ministry, all you see is the cuteness of it, how beautiful it is. But does it get real? Like you don't want to do it, but you have to do it anyway sometimes. Those, those kind of things. Do, does it get to the place where we walk on each other? That will happen. But before we get to those conversations, because this is a real conversation around here, before we get there, let's hear Nick's journey for this couple of years. Hello, 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 everyone, and happy Sabbath. How's everyone doing out there? Um, so my name is Nick, uh, and I like to mince garlic, not words. Um, so, you know, it's, I'll be honest with you guys, it's been quite the journey for me. <clears throat> when uh, Esther, excuse me, when Esther, two years ago, uh, first approached me to be part of the young adult ministry, I was struggling to be a part of life at all, just period. Um, you know, there were a lot of struggles that I was going on or that we were going on in my life. And, uh, you know, just emotionally, mentally, I was just, I was struggling. I was, I was really struggling with my faith. Um, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was just another Sabbath morning. Um, I had finally come back to church after finding a couple, finding out a couple weeks ago that some people were asking about me uh, back in 2019. And I had sat all the way in the back um, to the right because uh, I didn't really want to be seen. I want to be incognito. And uh, at the end of the service, people were passing and saying, hey, and hope you're doing well and all these different things. And there were a few people that stopped and talked, you know, real briefly, but, you know, I, I had kind of, 
I had, I had dodged everyone. I, I had accomplished what I was setting out to do. And then Esther, uh, after really never really having any conversation or like rapport with her, she said that she had went out and she was about to leave. I was still sitting there. And then she came back at the calling of the Holy Spirit, at the leading of the Holy Spirit, uh, because she said that she had seen me sitting there despondent, looking down, um, and looking depressed because I was. And she was moved to come to me and to ask me all manner of questions about how I was doing, how I was feeling. Um, and that really, that really had an impact on my heart, especially because Esther and I really have never talked like that. We had never really had a rapport like that. And so fast forward to that same day, later in that day, she did invite me to go to a picnic, um, uh, to a get together out in a park um, with a number of people. And I was thinking about like, ah, I kinda wanna go back home. I'm not really sure, I'm not really feeling it. It's like, ah, wait, no. What is there to lose? There's only something to gain and, and, and nothing to lose. And, and I was even struggling to really latch on to the idea of there being anything to gain. But I was like, all right, let me just go. I'll go and see what it's about. And so I go. And lo and behold, there's literally like a whole prayer circle in this park for me. Um, and I got people coming up to me, approaching me, um, talking to me that I never would have imagined in my life would have ever said another word to me. Um, and all of that was placed into, into action by the person sitting in the center here, Esther. Um, this service is not about Esther. Uh, this panel is not about Esther. Um, but it is about the Lord and it's about the Holy Spirit. And it is about how the Holy Spirit can use anybody. And I really praise God uh, that Esther went along with the Holy Spirit using her to come to me in the back of that sanctuary right there. Um, so that's where I was two years ago back in 2019. And briefly, what the Young Adult Ministry has done for me is it has shifted my focus. It shifted my focus away from, you know, what I feel about myself or all these different things. Uh, maybe about like almost a year ago, I gave a sermon um, on about my Catholic upbringing. Uh, and one thing that's unique about Catholicism, um, at least in my experience, is it really turns the lens and it zooms it into yourself and about how bad and evil you are. And you got to go repent. And you're, you're just so evil and wicked. And so I've kind of been dealing with that throughout my entire life. That was just my upbringing. But what the young adult ministry has really done for me is it just helped me shift my focus away from myself and onto others. Christabel mentioned that we went to uh, Kensington and Allegheny down in Philadelphia. I don't know how many people, show of hands, how many people have been down to Kensington and Allegheny? So you guys know, and all those who are watching online, you guys know that this place is... It's, it's, it's almost like the first step into hell almost. If, if hell had a staircase, it would be the first step. Just at how run down it is 
and how hopeless the situation looks. Um, it's often called and phrased as zombie land, sadly enough, because of the people that are walking around, they barely can stand. Um, and I remember a couple weeks ago, or actually a month ago, when, I, when my dad came here, uh, because he came here for my uh, grandmother's recent death, he used to be a drug addict most of his life. And he's been clean for over 10 years now. Uh, amen to that, yes, amen. He's been clean for over 10 years now. And I was telling him about KNA, short for Kensington and Allegheny. And uh, he said he wanted to go see us, so I took him. And he was literally brought to tears. He cried. I can't really, I can't really refer to or call upon a lot of instances where I saw my dad cry. But this brought him to tears. And some of the many times that we've gone to KNA had brought me to tears. Because it's not about me. Yeah, I may be bad and do this and that and all these different things, and I may struggle with this, but it's not about me. <laughs> and it's never been about me. And that's one of the things that the Young Adult Ministry has really helped me with. It's really shift my focus away from you know, how bad I am to doing all that I can, to going and giving food out to the homeless, uh, to going and giving tracks out to the homeless, to going and giving uh, clothing out to the homeless during the winter time, to the homeless and all those down in, 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 in that situation. Because they need, they need to believe that they are loved. They need to believe that they are cared for, that somebody cares about them. They're not just something to toss aside and be like, ah, whatever, that's just over there. Um, and so I, I, really, I really praise the Lord for uh, the Young Adult Ministry. I praise the Lord for Esther. I praise the Lord for uh, her letting the Holy Spirit use her tremendously. Um, you know, God is good. All the time. All the time. Amen, amen, amen. Um, Part of the many things that we have been through, like I said earlier, every ministry does go through hard times. There is a proverb in Africa, they say, we usually go to the river to, to fetch water. So when you get there and you have a, we use a little bowl that we, you use to get the water and put in the bigger bowl. When you get there and you have another person that show up as well in the, on the same river to get his water or her water and leave his or her little bowl on that river, the two bowls travel. And then when they go, by the time they get back, they do knock each other before they get back. You can try at home. Just have a big bowl of water and put two little bowls on it and see how they will travel. They travel, knock each other, and come back before you get them. When two or three people are gathered together, just like the Bible said that the Holy Spirit is there, right? Issues are there too. Problems are there. They are there too. And we get to the place where we're like, I'm fed up. I'm so good at that. I get fed up so easily. But this is real. Yeah. Yeah. This is so real. This is ministry. <laughs> when you start, all you expect is the cuteness of it, like I said earlier. 
You just want people to come, to show up, to do the right thing. Let's go. It's, it's cold, but I have a move. I want to go. Let's go. You don't even know where the person is in his or her life. Does that person feel like going with you at that specific time? But yet, you want the person to go. And along the way, the journey did, did not, it wasn't easy. We got to the places where we left each other. Yeah, you see us sitting like this, having the same color. This is the fruit of the pains, the hurts. But because we allow Jesus to come back in our life. But we want you to know that it does get real. It's not just cute. It gets to a place where you don't want to see the other person because you're stuck in your feelings. That did happen to all of us. You expect your pastor to be just upright every day. You're supposed to be the first elder, for heaven's sake. Why in God's name were you able to say that? Yeah, because he's just a human being. So there are days like that in ministry. But do we come back together and move forward? Do we come back and move forward? That's the only way we can go and finish this work. I have learned that for myself, but that was a lot of conversation with God. God, I am tired. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. But where did all this start from? A couple of years ago, when I walked through these doors and came in here, the very first faces I saw were Miss Cynthia Anderson, uh, Dominique, and Laura Van Ecken. A Friday evening. They were practicing for my wedding. That's, those are the first faces I saw. But this was the place I didn't want to be in the first place. I wanted to go back to Africa. That's where I wanted to be. But I'm here. So what do I do? I came and in these pews, the only young people I met in a couple of weeks down the line were Hannah Clark and Catherine Tejada. The age gap was something else between them and I. So what am I going to do? I'm so used to ministry. It is the very air that I breathe. I'm not saying this to show off. I'm saying it because this is my life. I hope somewhere along the line we all get to understand that we only have a few years to live and we have accounts to give and we have one mission, go. In my journey, I understood at one point that I'm on mission. I went back home and shared with my now ex-husband, I said, I don't know how I'm going to survive in this church. We are being real, so I'm being real here. I said, I don't know how I'm going to survive in this church where there's no young people. There's no young person in this church. How am I going to survive? And we were just so comfortable sitting in the back there. I know exactly where we sit every time. So that was killing me. Who does that? How do you do that? How do you just sit and stand up and leave? How does that work? I'm not trying to judge anybody, but I'm just saying does it work? I was dying. And when I went home, I started brainstorming. 
But I was married. <laughs> so life is there. My heart for ministry is there. Everything is there. How do I do this? Along the line, like I said earlier, I was on mission. Along the line, God said, we both know you are on mission. When people are not there, what do you do? You pray for me to bring them. God does talk to people. I hope he does talk to you too. I'm not even joking about it. It is very real, like my left foot. God does talk to people. The conversation went on. And at some point, I told Maoli that, let's start praying for God to send the young adults, to send the young people. The people who are close to me, they know I can be very naive. Miss Vivian and Miss Dominique can tell. I can be very naive in things that I ask God and how I go about life. I just go. God say, just take it for what it is. So I started asking God to bring the young people. And from nowhere, the very first conversation I heard about a young person coming was we were in uh, Mr. Vernon's Sabbath school and Miss Vanessa. So like, yeah, I thank God I'm back to church, but I'm praying that my daughter and my son start coming to church. I was sitting looking at her and I said, yeah, man, she should come. <laughs> While I was facing her, I was sitting like this looking at her when she said that. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And I was looking forward to see young people. Guess what? God did it. He sent young people. He sent them. They came through this door one after the other. I didn't just pray, get God, can you? No. I was very specific. I went to God every single time about this. Because if I don't see young people, I would die, like I said, in this pew. But I was married. Where am I going? I am married, and I was across the street. So I'm not leaving the marriage because young people were not here. So I'm based here. God had to bring the young people here. And God started bringing the young people. They came. Obviously. But guess what? By the time they were here, <laughs> I wasn't ready to serve nobody. God is going to bring what you're asking for. Hopefully, you'll be ready to receive it. The young people show up, and when they show up, my life was a mess. I didn't want to do anything, I was looking for something else, like just staying indoors. I was hurting so bad. I didn't even know where to pick myself from. So who, what do I have to give? I'm saying, do I have anything to give at that time? I was sitting with no high school diploma, and school is something very important to me. Like Ms. Dominique would say, there's no conversation without Esther saying anything about education. Education is very important. So I was looking for the ways to go back to school. And then my marriage was done. And the worst to the eyes of people is that I was the one exiting the marriage. So with God, the conversation was so hard. With people, you don't even know where you stand. So at that time, what do I have to offer to who? What do I say? God love you, you a divorcee, saying that to who? Who is willing to hear you in the world, in the normal, not I'm trying to be real. Hopefully, we are ready to be real. But yeah, that was my experience. I was going through all of that. When I pick my phone, I'll, I'll come to church. Those were the moments God is like, I'm calling you. And I'll come to church. 
when I show up at church, sometimes you're so hard on yourself to the point where when you look at people's face, all you see is judgment, even when they are not judging you. So I came to church day in, day out, God saying, I'm calling you for this. I was struggling so hard. And God is like, I'm calling you for this. You have to start this. And I just told Maoli, you know what? Let's just start a prayer ministry. So we started a prayer ministry at home. We were praying for the prayer ministry, and we had Brother Charles today. He, he's not more. He's no more. He's dead. Brother Charles and Carmen, we will go pick them to come and pray in the house, and I'll cook. I'm like, don't worry. Come, to, come from work. Just come and eat. Let's pray. And they will show up. And from there, I'll ask them, let's keep praying, because God wants this. I don't know how to do it, but let's do this. You start from somewhere when God is calling you. Don't sit. Mountains are not going to move for you to get pimpy. Start now. No, it's not happening. It's from nowhere. You have to start from nowhere. So fast forward to the pain, the hurt, everything else. I told God, I will go, but I don't know how to do this. Because the very people you're calling me to talk to, When you take the Bible, a divorcee is not something everybody wants to work with every day, at least in our society. Even if people fake it out, that's what the truth is. So where I am right now, God, I don't know how to go about it. But God, how do I do this? And then I was looking for money to rent a place, and I got a place, and I didn't know who to talk to. I would stay indoor Christ for hours. And then as I came to the music team at least three times, Miss Terry, Mr. Scott, and Pastor Keith. They were all here with Donovan, and the conversation went on like, oh, where is Nick? And Mr. Terry's like, oh, I test him. I didn't, he didn't say anything. And the conversation went that first time. And the second time, same thing. Did you guys hear from him? No, I test him again. I didn't hear from him. I test, I test him through the week. And I'm like, gosh, welcome to America. First of all, if this was in Africa, you just show up the person's house. Like you test once, twice, three times. You didn't hear anything. And you just come two weeks, three weeks. And people are like, so in my brain, it wasn't really working the right way. I'm like, how do people just sit around here waiting for appointment to check on people? until something happened to them, and then you cry and say, God have given, God have taken. I was just so confused. I had Peniel. I sat here, and I was just so confused. I didn't know what to do about it, but at the time, now I'm talking so much. I didn't talk that much. So I was here. I'm like, I don't know what I have to say about this, and uh, I went on. But when I went home, remember I had my own struggles, and I kept asking God. I have nothing to give, and he said, your little is enough. And I said, God, so much have happened when I was five years old. All of that now is coming, and it's haunting me. What do I have to give? I have nothing. I want to have those fixed first. And he said, I said, you're broken, but just go. There are people broken out there. They can relate to you. Just tell your story. It rang just like this. I'm not even telling you stories. Then I decided to go to the Bible Workers Training in BME. I went to that. Thanks to Miss Terry for driving me down. And I came back and I told God, here I am. Send me. You ask who should I send who will go for me? Here I am. Just send me. So we will ask Jeremiah right here to read the Bible verse for us. 
He knows it. Where is the mic? Give him one mic. Today I'll be reading uh, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 3. Then I went to the prophetess, and she conceived and bore a son. Then the Lord said to me, call his name Meher Shalah Hashbaz. May the Lord bless the scripture. Amen. Amen. Uh, and the Lord asked, who should I send who will go for me? And I said, oh Lord, I will go, but I have nothing to give. I have absolutely nothing to give, but I know that the little that I will bring, just like you multiply those five loaves of bread, two fishes for the entire 5,000 people to eat, whatever you're ready to do, just do it with me. Sometimes be careful what you ask from God. We ask things, and when it's time, we are nowhere to be found. Well, the journey has started here at Bucks. We started praying. The thing is, broken, recognize broken very easily. Pay attention. Look to your right and to your, to your left. Check into your feelings sometime. Don't just check in to have remorse and guilt. Check in to see who is hurting just like you. I walked to Nick after all this conversation. I walked to Nick. He came and he sat right there. And I only came to church with Peniel that day. So as soon as the church was over, I was ready to leave, but I saw him earlier on. And I was in, the whole, I was in a whole conversation with God. I said, I'm not talking to this young guy with the Rasta. Guess what? In Africa, in Africa, Rasta stands for something else. I'm being real, guys. I'm just telling, I'm just telling you, worldview is something else. Our worldview is something else. We have to allow God to give us our Christian view. That's right. That's right. I saw him and I said, Lord, I have prayed so much for this guy, but here he is with the long hair. I don't know what to tell him. And God said, I said, you're talking to him. Talking, talking about cute people going to Kensington to, to feed the homeless. Are you too cute for that? When God calls you, get ready for it. So I was sitting right there, I, I, I stood up, I walk around, I look at him and I walk, I, I walk out. <laughs> and the voice is like, you're not getting out, you go back. And I came back, I walk again. It doesn't mean, it's not even a joke, I heard Peña's hand, but that same Sabbath, uh, uh, Miss Dominique and Mr. Andre, they had a picnic in the park. So I was rushing to go to that too. And I'm like, God, what do I tell this young man? I have never spoken to him. Where do I start from? I only see him at church. So what, what, what do I say? And the voice again said, you just go, like I said. So <laughs> I had Peña's hand, and I sat right there, and I'm like, God, you know how you live in your own head, talk to your, yourself for hours before you go for one mission? I did that, and I sat there. I'm like, God, I don't know what to tell him, but just tell me exactly what I should say. Um, I just sat. I've been taught something about fixing people in their, in their eyes. So I went on mission with that. So I fixed him. I can't tell you exactly what I said because it wasn't my word. But I know that I did ask him, how are you? People have been checking on you. And then we have a couple of minutes of conversation that I, didn't, I don't remember to tell you right now. But I thank God that that happened. Many other young people have sat in these pews. Some are not here today. And ev after every worship, 
Some sit here, and all you see is tears. I know tears. That's what I do every day. So I can't see it and walk around like I did not see it. So I came to some of them, and I'm like, are you okay? This specific one will be like, Esther, I can't tell you that I'm okay, but I will be fine. I've been known as the girl who doesn't smile. And I still don't that much. It's not about the face, it's about the heart. The heart can connect. I didn't have a smile to give. But I had something in my heart that can relate to the tears. So all I asked at the time, I can pray for you. I can hug you. I can sit and listen to you. You see? We are all like candles. Sitting here, we are like candles. I have studied once or many times with a candle outside while we had trees in the house. Some kids here will never live to see those things because they are privileged. When you live in some places in this world, the light goes off at some point for a couple of days. And at that specific time, you study with nothing but a candle. So, I know what it is for a candle to sit like this on a table where the wind blows, blows, and that candle struggles, struggles, and yet doesn't go off. It's amazing. And I'm trying to say what by this. I had nothing to offer. As a candle, we all here had nothing to offer. As a candle, we were struggling to stay up. If you were in a room, at some point, it should go dark because we were this little. But were we able to come back and light only because we allowed God to come in us? We allowed the Holy Spirit to come in. We were ready to allow our struggles, our pain to be used for something. Like you all heard, everybody here is saying, at some point I took the focus off of me. How do we go through pains? Do you just sit, focus on the pain, and the pain leave? No. I was just telling Miss Vivian this week that I have learned something about not stressing about things anymore. You just manage, and you leave your brain as if it never happened. And you believe that you put it somewhere in a room, and God is there taking care of it. And by the time you go back and pick it, it will be much more beautiful than the way you left it. It's something that I have created for myself for these couple of days. Stress haven't left me. I'm still very much a divorcee. But am I serving? Yes. Have I seen God in a mighty way? Yes. Yes and yes. But was God able to carry us through together here? Yes. Did I say it a couple of years ago and be like, my marriage is crumbling, my mom doesn't want to talk to me, I'm being judged by left and right, I have no high school diploma, I can barely speak English. Will we be here? No. It's all about one yes. Telling God, yes, did you ask for who to send? Here I am, Lord, send me. I have nothing to give, but I believe my little will be enough because you are in it. You are in charge of it. Can we all light a room? Yes. Can we all be a candle in the dark? Yes. 
no matter how your candle is, as small or struggling as it could be, you can still light someone's life. You could be crying and helping someone else. The world has taught us lately that your cup has to be full before. Did someone else hear that? Was I the only person who heard that? Yeah, I heard it so many times. Yes, I do not disagree that you have to take care of your mental health. But I'm saying, not because you're hurting, that you cannot help in this world. The gospel is different from what the world is teaching. So my question to you today is, while the Lord have called, who should I send? Who will go for me? Who will go out there and meet people where they are? Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to just look at your coworker and be like, I see you. I see the pain. Some of them are not ready to talk. But you can get a card from your workplace or from Walmart or somewhere and drop on their desk for them. Find a way to get through people. Just ask God to open doors. He does it. When you're ready to go, God is ready to work with you. I pray we are all ready to leave these doors with a mission and on a mission to go out there and be the candle that people need to light their houses for them. Before we take the three angel messages. If not, you take the, mess- the three angel messages, they will take it from your hand, they will put it right there on that table and go back crying. When you see tears, wipe people's tears and tell them, have you heard the good news? They will be ready to hear that. There is a candle in every soul. Some are brightly burning. Some are dark and cold. But you choose what to do with yours. We have decided that no matter how hard it got, we came back together and held hands to serve as a family. And I believe that as a church, a couple of weeks ago, we have heard that, we have heard sermons about a field of blood. I don't know that, I don't know, you're sitting here. Maybe it's cute between you and everybody here. I don't know. But this is real life. It doesn't get that cute all year, 12 months. But I'm just telling you that as a church, we are one big ministry. For it to to go forward, someone walk on you. Stay in your feeling for two seconds and get out. Because it's not all about that. Feed your feelings. It's okay to feed it. Sometimes when you feed it, you feel good. So do it for two seconds and get out. Because we don't have that much time. So we are here thanking you as a church for supporting us for two years and praying that you keep supporting this ministry forward. Because this is the church of tomorrow. And how they lay the foundation tomorrow, your grandkids will be able to sit and continue this ministry and this legacy.